0: Thank you for listening to the Fire Life Church podcast. For more information on Fire Life Church in Irving, Texas, please visit wearefirelife.org. We pray the Lord blesses you greatly through this message.
1: Hello, everybody. We are all princes and princesses. How about that? Yeah, it's his kingdom. He's he's our dad. Yeah, um, I want to thank... God, for this opportunity, whenever you know he gives me that platform to just talk, I don't take it lightly. Yes, I know he has a word for somebody here, and my prayer this morning is that as I speak those words, they come out with fire, and they go to their targets. I pray that I don't undershoot or overshoot, but it goes directly to that heart that is that word. And I pray it sows a seed that will germinate and be fruitful so that our lives will be better, your lives will be better, and it will take the glory. It's all about him. So Welcome. This morning, we're going to be talking about times and seasons, and I just want to remind us, the Bible in 2 Timothy 3 and 16 says, all scriptures is God-breathed, and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So one of these might pertain to you today, or all of it. It doesn't matter, because I already see, I can already see me in there. But I just want you to take it and run with it. It's a new year, new season. God is up to something. We've been praying for this season, and we just entered it. And I want you to be aware. You have to have a discerning spirit. When God is about to move, you have to know it. If you don't, you miss out. We don't want that. So I'm going to start with Psalm 102, verse 13. And I'm going to be reading from the Passion Translation. So Psalm 102 verse 13, and I read, I know you are about to arise and show your tender love to Zion. Now is the time, Lord, for your compassion and mercy to be poured out. The appointed time has come for your prophetic promises to be fulfilled. Appointed time. This psalm is, if you read that psalm from the beginning, he was going through stuff. And he found himself at a place where life didn't look like what he planned for. So this morning, are you in a place where this is not what I planned for? I'm better than this. I thought life would be better than this. Why am I here? Why am I stuck at this particular point? Are you barely making it? You know, just from one job to another job, I'm just just hanging in there, just uh, staying afloat. Is your family doing well? How about your health? How about people that are not even married? Do you you even have a plan to get married and it's not happening? Okay, now you're married. You you try to get pregnant. You can't even get pregnant. What is going on? There are some secrets. And it's all about time and seasons. And I just want you to pay attention. God is with you. No matter what you're going through, he promised he would never leave us nor forsake us. So he's right there. You might not feel him sometimes. You might feel him sometimes. Sometimes you are be like, what is going on? But he got you. But you have to do something. You have to trust. So you have to surrender everything to him. Surrender everything to him. Hold nothing back. Because if you hold back, then you are making yourself the Lord over what he's about to do. Let him be the Lord. The Bible tells us two occasions that Jesus wept. We're very familiar with the very first one. the shortest verse in the Bible. And that's John 11 35. Jesus wept when he was, uh, was thinking about Lazarus. You know, Lazarus died, and he wasn't there on purpose. He wanted to prove a point. But when he got there, and out of the love and compassion, he wept. The other time that he wept, was over Jerusalem, and that's found in Luke 19. We don't really have time to read that because uh, I just want to move on. But Luke 19 and his verses 42 through 44, he came into Jerusalem, and he was looking around, and in his mind, he was saying, Ooh, How I wish you knew that you're going to go through all these troubles. And people are going to come from all sides. And you're going to be destroyed. And not even one block will be standing on another one. Only if you knew. Because you missed your appointed time of visitation. This is for us this morning. We have to be aware. We have to discern the moments, the times, the seasons, because things are happening. And the plan of the enemy to just take away our time make us busy, unnecessarily busy. Have you ever thought about it? We wake up every day and by the time you go to bed, oh, I'm just tired. Oh, it's been a busy day. What did you do? And when you try to take you know, just keep track of it. Okay, I did this, I went to you know, shop, I did this, this. You just realize at the end of the day, why am I so tired? That's the tact of the enemy. It will always put something on you that you'll be running after. At the end of the day, you don't pay attention to what really matters. Times and seasons. First Chronicles 12 and 32 talks about the sons of Issachar who had understanding of the time to know when Israel needs to do something. So we have to be like that as Christians. We have to have that understanding, not just the knowledge, because it's a different thing for you to know something. It's a different thing for you to apply that knowledge. You see the difference? You can go to college and get a degree, and you know stuff. But that doesn't mean you know how to apply that degree in some areas. So we have to open up to the Holy Spirit. You know, we need wisdom. especially this day that we live in. This time and age, we need wisdom. Wisdom. All right, let's talk about time. God created time for a reason. Genesis 1.14. Let's go to the very beginning. Then God said, let lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night. Let them be signs to mark the seasons, days, and years. So God made life for a reason. And God is not a respecter of persons. But he respects time. He lives out of time. He's not affected by time. But he will give you time to get your things right. So he respects time. But he doesn't live on time. Does that make sense? All right, we're getting somewhere. (laughs) So, as Christians, we have to know all these things. Because if we don't, you just realize that, okay, you're just a Christian by name. So, what differentiates you from the regular guys of the street? Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. We don't have time to read it, but I know you all know it. (laughs) To everything there's a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to pluck, a time to kill, a time to heal. And it goes on, 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 and on, and on from verse 1 through 8. The very last verse says, A time to love, a time to hate, a time of war, and a time of peace. There's one constant in all those things. What is it? Time. So that means time is so precious, it's so important to us, that we have to be really, really careful with it. If you mess up the time, it can mess you up. If you keep it right, It can make you. So you are right in the middle. You have to be very sensitive. Time. So now, let me introduce you to two things. If you don't get anything today, there are two things I want you to get. And it's a Greek word for time. There's the chronos and the kairos. So, Chronos is spelled C-H-R-O-N-O-S, and Kairos is K-A-I-R-O-S. We know Chronos. Chronological talks about time, right? So, anything that talks about Chrono means quantitative time. It's the quantity of the time. Maybe in seconds, or minutes, hour days, weeks, months, years, centuries, you know, just like that. And it's very common. And it takes and doesn't stop. That's Kronos. How about Kairos? Kairos is special. It's called opportune time. That's a time of visitation. It comes once in a while. Sometimes every season. Sometimes it doesn't even come at all for a couple years and that's the moment that you need to take advantage of. But the problem is this, how do you know? You don't. So your chronos, you have to take care of it. Like it's gonna be a kairos. Because When you wait and wait, okay, I'm just waiting for Kairos. Kronos will be right there. Kairos will be right there. The Kronos looks like Kairos. The Kairos looks like Kronos. You don't know which one, but you are aiming for the Kairos. And by the time it gets there, it's too late. You missed it. Then you have to wait another season. There are so many examples in the Bible, people that missed it. Remember the disabled man at the pool of Bethesda, John 5, 5. 35 years. No, sorry, 38 years, actually. 38. When you read that story, you'll be like, what is going on? What is so difficult for you to jump in a pool? Why, why, why can't you just jump in a pool? The Bible says... Once in a while, the angel will come and stir the water. And whoever gets in first gets healed. And this guy stood there first year. He couldn't make it. Second year. And it keeps going on and on and on, up to 38 years. Okay, wait a minute. If it was me, what would I do? Why can't I just sit by the pool? And when the angel comes, I just roll in. I'll be the first, right? No, wrong. But you don't know the time. You see, that's Kronos. I'm just waiting, waiting around for Kairos. So by the time Kairos comes, ah, I can't get there. Somebody's already there. You missed it. Again, 38 years. Okay. Another example is the, uh, remember the uh, rich fool <laughs> that had everything? Yeah. He had a bountiful harvest. Crops doing great. What can I do? Uh, I, know to, I don't know, have anywhere to store all these grains. So uh, let me break down these little barns and build bigger ones. And he started doing that. So what am I going to do tomorrow? I started planning Okay, just make merry, eat, drink, enjoy myself. I got, I'm covered. And God is just looking at him. Very foolish man. You're rich, but you're foolish. Because you think you have control of time. You don't. In fact, tonight, your life will be demanded of you. So all those grains, all those riches, everything that you start, where is it, it's going to go to somebody else. Time. Time. So this tells me that we do not need to chase after things that don't really matter. Mm -hmm. Don't ignore little things. (laughs) Because those things might be the things that really matter at the end of the day. They call it lifetime for a reason, you know. (laughs) Sometimes, but not, it's every day. When I come from work, going back home, I pass through Louisville, Flower Mound. And in Flower Mound, there's a little cemetery on my right, usually on my right. And I just look whenever I'm driving. I see tombstones. And different sizes. Different colors. In fact, people started putting lights now. So when you're driving at night, you see those little blinky lights. And I start thinking, Lord, this is what defines a man. Your time on earth. If you go close to one, you see the name on the tombstone. And all they write is just the year. Born on this date, died on this date, and there's a dash in between. So all these things we're running after, (laughs) it's just going to be a dash at the end of the day? Wow. So let me ask you, how is your own dash going to be? We have to think. So time flies. It waits for no one. Tick, tock, tick, tock. That's Kronos. But there's the Kairos moment, that things happen. That we don't want to lose. Let's move on. Ecclesiastes 3 and 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. You know what I got from that? Not my time. (laughs) Not your time. It's time. Wow. So that means I have no control over time. No matter how I try to, you have no control. So all you have to do is just Do the best you can, manage it well, maximize it. How do I maximize my time? I'll show you right now. Ephesians 5, 15, and 16. I'm reading from the Passion Translation. He says, so be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with the wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take advantage of every day as you spend your life for its purpose. He has a purpose for your life. Take advantage. Be wise. Another another version says you should walk circumvently. That means be very careful. Don't walk like a fool. Be wise about every single decision you make. Because if you make the right one, you're on point. But if you dare make the wrong one, it sets you back. Kronos and Kairos. How do I redeem time? This is the secret right there. Ephesians 5.15. I now looked up the meaning of redeem. What does it mean to redeem something? It means to buy back, to purchase, to regain possession of, or to exchange something for money for goods and so on, that help me is not free. It is not free. If you are careless and foolish, and you lose your time, your kairos moment, you have to pay for it. Jeremiah wrote in Lamentation three, twenty-two, and said, "Because of the love, the great love of God, we are not consumed." For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. So every single day comes grace. Psalm 118 says, This is the day that the Lord has made. And that's why I say it every time. I will rejoice and be glad in this. Joy. Gladness. Those are the graces for that day. So that means if I don't manage my time well and I lose it, I will have to buy it back. <laughs> you see? Redeem. And what do I buy? I have to use some kind of currency to buy it back, which is my joy and my gladness. He gave it to you free of charge. But you messed up your time. Now you want to redeem that time back? You use the grace. Why are we saying all this? (laughs) There's urgency in time. Urgency. Our Lord and Savior, Jesus, he was on earth for 33 years. And he showed urgency. John 9, 4. Jesus said, as long as it is day, we must do the work of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can walk. Even Jesus saw the urgency. This is God on earth, in human form. He saw the urgency of time, and He wanted everything done quickly. And we, yeah, He made everything for us, and we shall live here, we shall reign, we're kings and princes, and we just relax. No urgency. Eh, it can wait. Even Jesus' new time was very urgent. So we need to take it serious. This is the year, fire life. It starts with a prayer life. It's a house of prayer. Okay, let me be frank with you for a moment. That's what my dad says. We're supposed to be a house of prayer. Hmm. Do we come to prayer? Wednesdays, Sunday mornings, Mondays and Tuesdays, whenever the church is open, it's prayer time. Do we come? I know we work, some of us are off on some days. But the enemy puts something to stop you. You see what I'm talking about? If we are going to the game, we'll get there. If cowboys are playing, we'll get there, right? If there's a new restaurant opening somewhere, and they tell us, oh, the first 200 people, they get in free. We're there. But when it comes to prayer, we always find one excuse or the other. Time and seasons. Time and seasons. We, we need to do better Fire life. Let's talk about Apostle Paul for a moment. If you know Apostle Paul... Very well. He went through a whole bunch of stuff. Shipwrecked, he was imprisoned, he was beaten by stakes, he was everything you can think of. But the one thing I always remember about him, no matter where he is, in a jail or a prison or wherever, he's always thinking about the other churches that he started. Oh, Somebody give me a parchment of paper and pen and something, I have to write to this church and find out how they are doing. He is not worried about himself. He doesn't care. Am I gonna get out of here or not? I don't care. But I want that church to thrive. So he's always writing them. He's always, you know, if there's somebody coming to visit, bring bring paper and pencil or whatever, writing material so I can write to that church. You see where the passion is? We need to get passionate like that, too. About our prayer life, about everything, but let's start with prayer. Jacob, in Genesis 28, when Jacob left home, and he passed through Bethel. Remember, Bethel was where the angels of the Lord, they were going climbing you know, up and down, up and down. When he woke up the next day, he was like, oh, I didn't know God was here. You see, he took it for granted. And he proceeded to his uncle's house, Laban. And he went through all his stuff, you know, 20 years, two wives, two maidservants, 11 kids, Benjamin wasn't born yet. Um, and so many things. And when he was coming back to reunite with his brother, Esau, Esau, he came to the same place again. Then he realized, oh, I missed it. This was 20 years ago. I'm not missing it this time around. No way. He remembered. And the Bible tells us that he fought with an angel, which was God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. You see, he remembered 20 years. Ah, no, no, no. I'm not missing it this time. And he fought till daybreak, and he regained those 20 years. You know how? God changed his name, his character, his being. Everything about him changed. And he went from Jacob to Israel. Time, redemption. You see, he lost something. It's old character, dubious character. You know, Jacob was very dubious. You know, you know that. So you have to lose something to gain something. And he gained a broken hip too and a limp. What am I saying? We need to know what we're doing with our time. We need to maximize our times. Remember the story of the four, no, not not the four, five virgins, right? There were ten of them, actually, with the oil, the lamp and the oil. They were waiting for the groom, and five of them were wise enough, let me put it that way. They had extra oil, but the other five did not. So I'm looking at that story and I'm thinking, okay, so what is wrong with this story? They're all virgins. They all had lamps. Some had extra oil, but some did not. So what's the problem? The problem was that they anticipated that the (laughs) the groom was going to come on time, but he did not. Now what? They're running out of oil. They are rich because they went to get it. But their richness, their riches did not cover the time. You can't buy that time back. So by the time they left to get some more oil, when they came back, the groom was already gone. Same thing with Noah. Remember the time of Noah. Noah shouted and cried and pleaded with people for 120 years while he was making the heart. People were laughing at him. Ah, pff, whatever. What is rain? What is even rain? You know, rain had never fallen then. What is rain? What are you talking about? Are you crazy again? Are you on that stuff again? Guess what happened? God was kind enough. He pleaded and pleaded and pleaded, and only eight people, him and his family, God in the ark with the animals. And God shut the door. He didn't shut, he didn't didn't shut, uh, he didn't close the door by himself. God shut the door. It was God. So there was no control. So when all these people realized, oh, so you were, this is true. Oh, please open the door. Sorry, I can't. Too late. You missed your appointed time. Because what? You were wasting your chronos. Just wasting it, partying. There's an appointed time. (laughs) We have to be very aware so we don't miss it. There are so many examples I can give here, but because of our time, I'm just going to cut it short. But I want you to know that Kronos, it's comes with days of preparation. It doesn't happen in just one day. So when you, for example, when you start praying, you know, you feel, oh, that prayer is not going anywhere. No, it accumulates over time because it helps you to build capacity. What do I mean by that? If you pray for maybe just five minutes, if you can't last more than five minutes, you see, by the time you try it again and keep trying and keep trying, it becomes 10 minutes, then 15, then 30, then you can go one hour, then two hours. But you have to practice. So it builds capacity. I like what Hank is doing and um, Ashley. That is very impressive and challenging, too, because now we have to sit up. And that is what it's all about. Each and every one of us, we have something to contribute to this house. It's a house. But we have to do it in time, at the right time. So that we don't miss the appointed time. You know why I love the story of David? (laughs) Man after God's own heart. David... killed Goliath how did he do that we all know the story so do you think he just became brave all of a sudden in one day no these things take time all the times he was wearing the car uh, shepherding all the sheep and everything and something happens. He is the shepherd. So he has to take charge. And he learned to fight lions and bears and dangerous animals from practice. So he keeps doing it now, every now and then, until he mastered the act. So that was why it was really easy for him when he he took uh, food to his brothers. They were at the battlefield, and Goliath was just bragging, bragging, bragging. And he was like, who is this on Sanco side Just talking to the armies of, the, of, of God like that. Just dragging them on the floor. You see, he felt that, I don't know. That, and these are grown men all running away. Because Goliath goes every single day for 40 days, challenging them. Bring somebody, yeah. If you if you know you are big, bring somebody. And nobody there showed up. Until David, he was just looking at why 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 are you dragging the name of the Lord this way? He got mad, and he took action. Even Saul, King Saul, was like, "Who are you? This skinny little boy going to find a, a giant?" You can't do that. Come and, you know, wear my armor. and No, no let me fight with what I know best. A slink. And he fought and won. You see, so look at all those Kronos moments that he prepared. Nobody was there. Nobody saw him preparing. And look at the Kairos moments that just came. And he took charge. There's time for everything. There is. God said it. I believe it. What are we going to do about this? Okay, last one and we close. Let's talk about Ruth. Ruth, the Moabite. We know Naomi and Ruth, right? They both lost all the men in their lives. But that did not stop them. And Israel of those days, when you you lose all that, as a woman, you are nobody. And when they came back to Bethlehem, where they lived, they had nothing. Although they had something, but I mean... You can't get it. You are are a woman. And I like the fact that Ruth, she was, she had this attitude and character. She's a foreign lady, right? She came to live among them. They didn't know what to do. And Naomi told her, why don't you just go, you know, go to the field and try to harvest something or, you know, and she obeyed her, actually went just randomly to one of the fields, which happened to be Boaz's field. And is one of the uh, Kingsman Redeemer. So that means he can help. But they didn't know that. She just went there randomly. That was God. But well, I want you to listen to something. When she got there, she behaved ourselves. She was very cordial. She talked to them. Can I glean? And they were, Yeah, yeah you just you know, pick up whatever is left. And she was picking it up and doing everything diligently. That even the people walking there, they noticed. She walked for so many hours without taking any break. When Boaz came, I was like, who is this lady? Oh, she's been walking out all day. You see, they noticed. So that tells me something, that the people working in the field, they didn't take it serious. Because, well, either way, I'm gonna get paid. But she knew she had to get something, or she's not gonna eat. Naomi's not gonna be fed. She was desperate. But upon all that, she didn't make any trouble. Character. You see, she was just mellow like that. And they noticed that. When Boaz came, they told him, oh, this lady, man, she's something else. And Boaz had compassion on her. Just, you know, he told the investor, just leave a little bit of stuff, you know, just, you know, make it worth a while, and just, just leave some. Don't let her just go empty and dead. It's a character. And can you believe that this same Ruth... Kronos moment, she was picking all these things after all these guys, all these women that she didn't know. You know, just trying to blend in. She now became the madame of that place. How God works. Kairos moment. What if she had been rude the very first day? What if she lacked character? Will have lost out. So this is just a reminder for us. There's no case that is hopeless. When we have God, God will always take care of us. No situation whatsoever. So if you, if there's anything going out with you going, going on with you this day, I just want you to know there's a Lord somewhere. He's still on the throne. He is God. And like I say, he's got all by himself. He knows what he's doing. Sometimes we feel, oh, God, why am I going through this? Why am I doing this? He knows. He knows best. And all we have to do is just trust him. Trust him. Trust the time. There are times and seasons. It will show you stuff. Ask for the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will direct you. It will nudge you. When it's time. That's the secret we have. And you know what I like best? Even though we make mistakes all the time. He said, all things will work together. Wow. What a reassurance. All things will work together. God will make things work together for those that love him. And are called according to purpose. So this morning, I want to let you know. God has a purpose for you. It's right there. It never fails. It never sleeps, nor slumbers. It's dependable. I can rely on him. Wow, that's the father that we serve. So as we enter this new season, this new year, What do you plan to do with your time? Kronos accumulates to be Kairos. Don't miss it. The little things that we don't pay attention to may be the thing that God wants to use. And there are moments that we can spend in our lives You know, it's not, uh, Kairos is not location dependent that you have to be somewhere. No, you could be at Walmart and you see something that you can do for someone. Just do it. You never know. Growing up, my dad always says, maybe that's an angel. You never know because you don't have control of the time. But once you depend on him that has control of the time, yeah, then you got it all. So let's stop there. I got more, but we got to stop. (laughs) So the Father that we serve, God is concerned about everyone. I just want you to think about that the father of all creation, of all races, of all nationality, of all backgrounds, of all status. It doesn't matter where you're coming from, where you're going. It doesn't matter where you've been, what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter. What matters is now, right now. That you've submitted yourself to him. That you've surrendered yourself to him. So he has charge over you. And that's why we call him Lord. So once he's Lord over you, you just give him everything. Give everything to him. So I want to invite us to prayer right now. If you can just rise up. Says I'm sending you on. I'm sending you to the nations, so be prepared. So how do I prepare? By maximizing my time. I don't know what the appointed time is. So we are asking for the prophecies that have been spoken over this house to take expression. So I just want you to put it into prayer, whichever way you want to do it. If there's any prophecy that has been spoken over you in the past, does not come to pass right now. (laughs) Maybe it's going to come past, you know, maybe it's going to happen today, right now. How about right now? Yes, let's believe for it. We don't know the Kairos moment. But it could be now. So just talk to the Lord. We surrender all. Help us maximize our time. <laughs> Help us use our Kairos moments and our chronos too to the max. Help us to be who you want us to be. We cannot do it by ourselves. So we're asking. I we want the Holy Spirit to direct us. And if there's any time that we've wasted away, is a lot of restoration. It will restore all the days that the locust has eaten away. The caterpillar, the palmer worm, the canker worm, they shall be restored. It is the lot of restoration. Let me leave you with this one. Lord, help us increase in capacity. <laughs> We're talking about strength. Yes. We're talking about the tenacity to follow you, to just run after you, Lord. Just help us to draw closer to you. Huh. And whenever we have doubts, help us to know that you are Lord. So we have to increase prayer, our prayer time, at home, at work, in the car, on the road, while jogging, anywhere we are. We have to pray fervently, ceaselessly. And we just keep going, just keep going. It's a house of prayer. For all nations. So, Father, we just ask, O oh Lord. <laughs> you know us, Lord. Help us. Help us to repent. All those times that we've wasted... Give them back with you. Give us speed to catch up. Anything we've lost, let's restore them. We want to serve you better than before, we want to know you more. We want to be your epistle to other people so that when they read us and see us, they see you. Help us, Lord. I'm going to hand the mic to Pastor. Yes, Thank you.
0: That's good. Hey, uh, a word with, uh, with this prophetic weight on it requires a response, it requires repentance. And so we're gonna open the altars now, but I wanna say it like this. So he mentioned Jacob, and Jacob sent his family, he sent all of his wealth, he sent everything across the river, and he went off by himself, and he had that encounter with God. And so I feel like that's what's required of all of us, that we would get alone with the Lord, that we would wrestle with him. Like there was, man, so many things were crossing my mind as he was speaking on this. The prophetic weight on it is insane. I don't want to miss the opportunity. And the, the five foolish virgins asked the five wives if they could borrow some of theirs. And they're like, sorry, if we let you borrow from us, we won't have enough for us. So you're out of luck, you know? Like, do you understand the weight of these things he talked about today? And so um, get alone even now. I know we, we, we prayed just now, but get alone with the Lord. Send your family across the creek Send your family out of the house, go to a prayer closet, and wrestle with the Lord. Like, these moments are here for us, and we can miss them. We can miss them. I I hate saying it like that, but it's just true. We can miss our moment and not know it. And uh, like Samson shook himself, as he did before, for the presence of the Lord, and he didn't realize the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. He's just like, I'm just going to do what I've always done, and the Lord wasn't there with him. And so, Father, we just we just repent. We humble ourselves. We surrender to you. We, we do, like Shagoon said, we make you Lord. You are the Lord. You, you're Lord. Lance said it too. You get to do what you want with us. We belong to you. So God, we humble ourselves and we lay ourselves at your feet, in your hands, in your time. We don't know the times and seasons, but you do. So God, I ask that you would help us stir our hearts toward obedience, toward timely obedience, so that we're doing what we need to do in the place we need to do it, so we can meet you there, so we can have what you have set for us ahead of time in that moment. God, for those that are stuck, like Shagun opened with, Many have been stuck, or they feel stuck, or they're like, is this it? Is this life? It's not. There's so much more available, but it requires this timely submission. It requires this repentance and to, to be brought into, your, into the synchronization of your time. God, I pray that you would grip us with, a, with a, uh, an urgency. To make the most of our time. (sighs) Help us redeem the time. Would you pray that with me, God, help me to redeem my time? (laughs) Pull your phone out, make an appointment with the Lord, all right? Right now, put it in your calendar, make an appointment. Go back and listen to the word again. Let the, the weight of it wash over you over and over again, all right? There is a weight on this, all right? So the altars are open. We'd love for you to, to pray here. If you need someone to pray with you, we would absolutely love to join with you. But the main goal today is get along with the Lord. Wrestle with that, all right? bless you. i